FCS Nation, it's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ in beautiful Missoula, Montana. Joining me like he does each week is the co-host of this program, a very happy and giddy Stone Labanowitz, coming to you from his broadcast center in the sunshine state of Florida. Stone, I know you're grinning from ear to ear. Another FBS scalp, and it happened to be your school, Southern Illinois 31, Northwestern 24. Yeah, just so well played by the Salukis. Coach Nick Hill just dialing stuff up. Nick Baker executing on the explosive plays, passing downs over 15 yards, run plays over 12. That's where they beat Northwestern and got a few key turnovers. But, Kevin, let's talk about the little guy, right? Let's talk about David and Goliath. I mean, this is an 0-2 Saluki team we're talking about. Going into Big Ten country and taking down Northwestern, what it does to your season, by golly, just flips the switch. And they got opened up with conference play, got North Dakota coming to town. I mean, it couldn't be a better situation for the Salukis. I'm proud of them. They kicked ass. And uh, taking down a Northwestern team in week three, I mean, it's not easy to do. So props to the little guy, props to David. Just, Just awesome stuff from my Saluki dogs. Seven new guys on defense. You mentioned the turnovers. They had zero turnovers coming in, and they got four of them. That was huge. Those seven new guys starting to bring it all together, Stone. Absolutely. I think that was key, right? All those new faces. I think we're going to see this defense get better and better as the season goes on, right? Creating four turnovers against Northwestern. That's never easy to do for a Pat Fitzgerald team, right? That likes to keep it on the ground and take their advantages when they can. But yeah, all these guys coming together. Nick OKK, linebacker, defensive end transfer from Louisville, making a difference. Chris Harris Jr., another FBS transfer. We talked about it earlier in the season, right? These teams that recruit, and get these FBS kids from the transfer portal. We're going to see them later on down the road having success. Arizona, 31, number one, North Dakota State, 28. Stone, this was a great ball game. And when the Bison got that ball back with four minutes and change left, trailing in the ball game, I think everybody in FCS Nation thought, well, here we go again. We've seen this movie before where the Bison drive down and beat an FBS opponent. It just wasn't in the cards this time. And the Bison did some very uncharacteristic things that kind of hurt them. They were 0 for 2 on fourth down, and they lost a fumble in the red zone. And to Arizona's credit, boy, they made them pay for all three of those mistakes by punching the ball in the end zone for seven points off of all three of those. Hunter Lipke was outstanding. 18 rushes, 115 yards, and two touchdowns. Lipke also caught a touchdown in the loss. Something to build on here for NDSU. It's just really weird seeing them on the right-hand side of a score, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Hunter Lipke, a.k.a. Mike Allstott. I mean, at one point during the game, I'm listening to the play-by-play and the color broadcast team talk about they've ran the ball 13 plays in a row. Like, how you can go in to an FBS's team's stadium and do that to them, I mean, it's just insane to think about. But, Kev, I'm not going to lie. I had a different feeling than you when they had four minutes left to drive. Because, like I mentioned last week, you know, I did pick Arizona, and, and I said... If Cam Miller gets put in down and distance situations in important moments of the game, right? Like a third and 10 that we did see in that drive, they did not have the play for it. They could not get 10 yards. They can't pass for chunk plays, right? And, and I think it came to bite him right in the tail because you saw third and 10, he ended up throwing a slant, something that they just looked uncomfortable in those long down and distances. And Arizona got them into those situations late in the game. And it was costly for them. Yeah, you can run the ball, but if somebody's going to be stout, right, and put a bear front in front of you and Arizona State on that fourth and one stuff in the gut, I mean, it makes sense. It all played out the way that I specifically or I personally thought it was. So glad to see Arizona come on top. So, so weird seeing North Dakota State on the right side. Well, you mentioned that, and that was a good call by you, Stone. Look, they missed Christian Watson. I don't think there's any doubt about it. yes. Because that was their threat. That was the guy you knew they were going to go to in a situation like those long passing plays. And it didn't matter if you knew it was coming. He was good enough to get separation, and they were good enough to get the ball to him. We'll see if they can develop somebody like that as we move on along in the conference play. Number two, Montana, 49, Indiana State, 14. Y'all, so far in 2022, the story for Montana has been the Grizz defense, and rightly so. The last Saturday, the defense played great, but the day was won by Lucas Johnson in the passing game. 336 passing yards, 406, and that's kind of ironic if you know, you know, 406 total yards. This is a scary, scary team if the offense plays like this each week. 
Yeah, I love to see this Luke and Johnson's guy, Lucas Johnson guy, right? I don't think he's turned the ball over yet this season. And he wasn't under the helm for them last season. So awesome to see him get comfortable and get going. They dropped 50 on Indiana State, five sacks, get some turnovers on that Sycamore team. Really strong showing from Montana, showing us why they're the number two team in the country. Number 10 of the FBS, Arkansas, 38. Number three, Missouri State, 27. Want to mention that a little later on in the show, I'll sit down with Mr. Bobby Petrino, head coach of the Missouri State Bears. But this was one heck of an effort by the Bears. The backbreaker here was an 82-yard punt return by Bryce Stevens with 9.33 left in the game. Bears QB Jason Shelley did everything you could ask from him. 24 of 43 for 357 yards and a touchdown, and he also toted the mail for a score. There's no such thing as a moral victory, but Stone, if you're Missouri State, you can take a lot of positives away from this ballgame. Oh my God, this does a lot for your mental. Right, The entire locker room feels like they can beat anybody if they can have a lead in the fourth quarter against the 10th-ranked FBS team in the country. I mean, it's no joke. Neither is Jason Shelley. He's an absolute dude. He put on display. He outplayed K.J. Jefferson in hog territory. I just was so impressed with this team, right? Going up 17 rip, I thought, oh, my God, we might uh, have something interesting on our hands. And you saw Bobby on the sidelines, just stone-cold killer face on. I loved what we saw from Mo State. I told you last week, I do believe in moral victories, and I felt like they got a handful of them. So shout out to those Bears. Bobby Petrino, awesome. Jason Shelley, awesome. Number four, South Dakota State, 45, Butler, 17. Stone, the Jackrabbits really needed a game like this. Offense got its stuff in a pile and racked up 463 total yards. Quarterback Mark Ranowski went 17 to 25 for 279 and three tutties. Good ball game by South Dakota State. They did what they needed to do. Scoring 45 was good for the soul for these Jackrabbits. They needed it, just like you said. Mark got his legs going, eight rushes, 55 yards, a touchdown. Isaiah Davis. Got groovy, 11 rushes, 74 yards. Scoring 45, like I said, is a good, tasty meal for those guys. Gives them a lot of confidence going to the next week because, hey, we got ourselves a big one on hand. Number five, Sacramento State, 37, Northern Iowa, 21. I was wrong, wrong, wrongity, wrong, wrong, wrong about this one. Sacramento State offense just, man, they just do what they do. Everybody says that a dual quarterback system won't work. Well, it works for the Hornets. Asher O'Hara ran it for three TDs, and Jake Dunaway threw for one. The Sacramento State Hornets, they're for real, and they're going to be a factor all the way through this season. They're for real, and I was battling the entire time when I watched this game, right? Like, is this more of you and I being bad or Sacramento State just being too dynamic on offense? And I still can't really tell you that answer, but I will tell you that I'm officially done with this you and I team this season. Hate to say it. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe it's too early. But they just don't seem to have a lot of fight and firepower you know, on this roster, which is odd, right? We talked about them, of course, being in the discussion later on in the season, but I don't think that's the case this year. Sacramento State, man, they can score some points and they got a matchup with an FBS team and they're favored. So Sacramento State team is absolutely serious. Oregon State, 68, number six, Montana State, 28. Not a lot to glean from this one, Stone. The Beavers never punted. On the plus side for the Bobcats, Marquis Johnson had a 98-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Yeah, Montana State without their top three running backs, tough position to be put in. Malat, this game seemed out of his league. Just a terrible mismatch. Oregon State's not a bad football team, so scoreline still a little lopsided. 68-28 is hard to swallow, but yeah, like I said, I just out of their league. Glad these guys came out of it healthy, though. Number seven, Incarnate Word, 31, Prairie View, 14. The word this week was balanced. 283 through the air and 208 on the ground. Again, just like the Grizz. If Incarnate Word is able to run and pass, this is a scary, scary team. Yeah, Lindsey Scott in the first half, 23 to 29, 166 yards passing, three touchdowns. Didn't see him much in the fourth quarter. I think because they have a very big matchup coming next week, maybe that's the case. But yeah, these guys are just handling business, right? They just look professional out there. The defense was sound. You, you mentioned balance. I think the coach made it a priority to get run and pass, get that offensive line going. And everything. This this incarnate word team, we say it every single week. We said in the preseason they're serious and, and they're ready, they're out for blood each and every week. Coming up next will be an interview with Mr. Bobby Petrino, head coach of the Missouri State Bears. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetta Radio Network.
Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Very pleased to be joined now by Mr. Bobby Petrino, head coach of the Missouri State Bears. Coach Petrino, played your guts out last week, your team did. What's the mood going into a huge game this week against the South Dakota State Jackrabbits? Our mood's good. You know, we're we're proud of the way we played and how we came after them. And, you know, we're able to get the lead and, and uh, take it back again when they tied it up, uh, but came up a little bit short. We've now put that game behind us, and we're getting ready for a really good South Dakota State team. So it'll be a lot of fun. The third team, the number one, three team in the country coming in to play us at our at our home stadium. So we're looking forward to it. Now, they want to run the football and play good defense, that old Missouri Valley equation for success. You have a team that can run the ball and throw the ball. How do you feel like you match up against their defense, Coach Petrino? Well, we're going to have to be able to block their defensive front. They've got really active uh, interior guys, really uh, good defensive ends. they got linebackers that can run and, and tackle. So as long as we can handle the front, make sure we do a good job and run in the football, make sure we do a good job in pass protection, move our quarterback around some and change change the spot where we're going to throw the ball from. Um, we have good skill guys. we got good speed outside. So I'm looking forward to the matchup. You mentioned the quarterback, Coach. I think regardless of subdivision, everybody in this country is talking about Jason Shelley. How has he improved the most since you first got him there to your campus? Well, just uh, understanding of our offense. You know, when he's when he stepped on campus, he could throw the ball, and he had good timing. And he has a really good sense of throwing the ball before people are opened. Um, basically, what we've tried to work on is his understanding of of our offense, our progressions, what we do according to coverages, and he just keeps getting better at that. And you know, he's a he's a real playmaker. He makes guys around him better, and he does a, a tremendous job of leading. What have you learned about your defense through the first few games that you didn't know heading into the season, Coach? Well, we started off our, our first game and, and we had a really dominant performance. You know, we did a good job of getting after the quarterback, putting pressure on the quarterback. We had seven sacks and, and had a great game. Uh, then we ran into a couple teams that protected a little bit different, uh, gave, the, gave the quarterback time and were able to throw the ball down the field. Uh, I think that's our biggest thing is we've got to be able to get our pass rush. We've got to be able to mix things up and put pressure on the quarterback. Our guys are physical and we run hard and, and, and we hit hard and do a good job getting to the football. Uh, so if we can stop the run uh, and we're going to have to in this game, then the key is to get pressure on the quarterback. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Bobby Petrino, head football coach for the Missouri State Bears. Coach Petrino, Who's somebody on your football team who maybe the play-by-play guy doesn't know about, the beat writer doesn't know about, I don't know about, but somebody who makes a difference every day in practice that makes you better? Well, when you look at, at offense, you know, I, I like our center, Ryan uh, Suliafu. He does a really good job of making all the calls, running the show, making sure everyone's set. He's improved tremendously since he's been here. He's lost a lot of weight. He's become a better athlete. Um, so I like him a lot. Uh, one of the receivers that uh, I think you're still going to see and, and uh, make plays for us and have big games for us is Jordan Jones. He's a transfer that we had, missed our second game because of injury. So we're looking forward to him having a, a breakout. How pleased are you with the kicking game so far, Coach Petrino? Well, we've had two really good games where we were very dominant. You know, um, we got really good kicker. We got a really good punter. Um, they've done a nice job. Um, they've they're, they're going to be really good each game for us, I believe, because they're so solid, uh, work hard every week at getting better. Our cover teams last week against a very physical, fast team, you know, wasn't up to par. We've got to do a better job. We feel like we can dominate in our coverage game because we are a fast team. Um, so that's, that's an area we're looking for improvement going into this game. Coach Petrino, you're in a unique position. You've been the head coach of an FBS team preparing to play an FCS team and an FCS team now preparing to play an FBS team. What's the bigger challenge? Uh, that's a great question because they're both a challenge. You know, when, you, when you're with the FBS team, the challenge is your focus, your concentration, and your attention in practice. Um, and the FCS team, the challenge is to go out on the field and 
do what you've been coached to do, utilize your technique, utilize the skills that you do every day, not get overwhelmed by bigger and faster guys. And I guess that's why I'm so um, proud of our team. We didn't get overwhelmed at all. We went and, and stood toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the country. Coach Petrino, you're going to fill that stadium this week. Talk to Missouri State Bear fans and tell them how much it means that they're loud and they bring their A game because your boys are probably going to. Yeah, that's one of the things, you know, coming here that, that everyone asked, how are you going to put fans in the in the seats? And uh, my answer was we've, we've got to put on a good show. We've got to get players that they can identify with that are stars and, and they want to come watch play. And we've got to put a great, good product out there that they want to see play. So um, we've done that. Now we need to fill the stadium and, and give us a home field advantage. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Bobby Petrino, the head football coach for the Missouri State Bears. Coach, best of luck this week as you host South Dakota State. Should be a, a whale of a game. Really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much. Hope everyone in Montana is doing well. It's about to be winter, sir. You know what we're doing, chopping wood and figuring out how we're going to stay warm. Yeah, I've been there. Believe me. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Take care. I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, North Dakota. DJColter.com. Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful custom single-family and multi-family homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com Everybody has a stump. Stumps in your yard can be an eyesore, a hazardous obstacle, or a home for unwanted pests. Don't put up with them anymore. Call the pros at RW Stump Grinding, Central Virginia's premier stump removal company, and get those stumps removed today. Founded in 2017 by Reggie West, RW Stump Grinding provides fast, friendly, and professional removal of unsightly stumps. Call RW Stump Grinding today at 804-366-4321 or look them up on the web at rwstump.com. And remember, if a stump has you stressed, Call Reggie West. For more than 30 years, the NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision has helped athletes achieve their dreams. The dream of playing football and hearing the home crowd cheer time after time. The dream of competing for a national championship. The dream of an excellent education. The dream of becoming a leader. And the dream of playing the right way with sportsmanship. NCAA Division I Football. It's not a dream. Come see for yourself. Hi there, this is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA. And we are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, BikersAgainstBulliesUSA. And we're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. 
like to say one more time, thanks to Mr. Bobby Petrino, head coach of the Missouri State Bears, for making the time to appear with us this week. Talking a little bit about the Arkansas game last week and a huge game in the Missouri Valley Football Conference this week as South Dakota State comes to take on his Bears. Stone, we've got an awful lot of games to get to in the preview segment here in a very short time to get there. Let's just get right to it. Up first, number one, North Dakota State is at South Dakota. What kind of ball game you expect here, Stone? I expect the Bison to take their anger out on the Coyotes. Not going to be a fun day. At least they get to play in their dome. But yeah, Cam Miller looking for a bounce back game. We saw what Hunter Lepke was able to do. I think this team knows they're going to keep the ball on the ground, play their ball, get back in the win column. Not much more to say about this game, Kev. Stone, you don't think that maybe a little bit will linger for North Dakota State? I know it's coach speak to say, don't let the team that beat you beat you twice. But I went looking for, you know, how does North Dakota State respond off of a loss? And the data set is so limited, I don't think you can draw anything from it, Stone. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question necessarily, but I just, you know, I I don't necessarily see it happen that way. I think these guys are bred differently. They're wired differently. They're not used to losing. So when they do, they have a bad taste in their mouth until they can wash it out. Portland State travels to Missoula to take on the number two Montana Grizzlies. Stone, good offense for Portland State. We saw them put up points against an FBS opponent against a really good Montana defense. This will be a fun one to watch. It will be a fun one, but I expect Montana, the number two team in the country, to do what they do best, and it is to flex their guns on the defensive side of the ball. I think Portland State is able to score, and if they do get into some sort of shootout, this will be Lucas Johnson's coming out party. I truly believe that. I don't think this Montana Grizz defense lets Portland State put enough points on the board to keep up with them. Like Montana a lot here. I think they have the tools and the weapons to kind of extinguish this Portland State team. One thing I will predict is that Bruce Barnum will have something witty to say about the ball game, Stone. <laughs> you know what? That, that is a given. We can guarantee that that's going to happen. Number four, South Dakota State hits the road to take on number three, Missouri State. This is the FCS game of the week. I don't believe there's any doubt about it. Offense, outstanding for Missouri State. Defense is getting there. For South Dakota State, the defense has been the standout so far. Offense kind of came out a little bit last week. Now, it was against Butler, and Missouri State is going to be better than Butler. But they say styles make fights, and something's got to give here, Stone. Yeah, this is a really, really sick matchup. And I think if you're a casual and you're listening out there, wherever you're at, this game, you got to tune in. I mean, you're going to see South Dakota State rise to the occasion right? A known playoff team, a team with so much experience on that roster now. I know they lost a few guys, but that offensive staff that they have, all 11 guys, man, they've been there. They've done that. I expect them to rise to the occasion, but I think there's just too much firepower on this Missouri State side. I think Jason Shelley, when he has to, when he's asked the question, he answers time and time again. I think they'll put up however many points they have to they're going to slightly take down the South Dakota State team, I think, by a slim margin. I think the difference in the quarterbacks is that Gronowski, he likes to run the football. Shelley does it because he's going to need to. And I think Gronowski's going to make some plays with his legs, design-type deals, and that's going to keep the Jacks close. And if you're the Jackrabbits here on the road, there's going to be a lot of people there at that stadium hostile to you. You got to be in the game in the fourth quarter. If you can be within three or seven, have a chance to win it at the end. I believe that's all you can ask in a very tough Missouri Valley football conference on the road. Number five, Sacramento State is at Colorado State of the FBS. Stone, I know the early lines had Sacramento State favored, but I don't buy that. Do you? I do. I do buy that. I think Sacramento State, with their ability to score so many points, And, you know, we've talked time and time again about this Hornet secondary. Clay Millen, Colorado State's quarterback, hasn't shown us the ability, right? He does throw it around the yard, you know, week one, 20 attempts, week two, 30. And last week against Washington State, and they're at the helm of another FCS transfer quarterback, but 35 attempts. But he turns the ball over a lot, a turnover in each one of these games. And I think if Sacramento State can get a turnover early in this first and second quarter and jump out to a lead, I think they end up winning this game. It's hard for me to look at a team that's FBS that has as many position coaches as are on a travel squad for an FCS team, right? I know I'm being a little bit facetious here, but you get what I'm trying to lay down. One program has all the advantages. One is coming in undermanned, probably a a little undersized, and yet they're the favorite. I don't know, man. I think anytime one of our 
team steps up, takes on one of theirs, it's always going to be an upset. And up next, my friend, number six, Montana State, is at number 15, Eastern Washington. This one will be a good ball game. It'll go a long way to see who's going to push Montana into Big Sky Conference, too. Yeah, and I think we both agreed that this Eastern Washington is the team to do that, at least this early in the season. I think they have the weapons. And Tommy Malott, I don't think he wants to get into an archery battle, right? He doesn't want to shoot bows and sling that thing around the yard. I don't think that's one of his strengths. You know, time and time again, we talk about this team and Tommy Malott's ability to go 50-50 balls. I don't think that's necessarily a strength for anybody. I think you can bring in any high school quarterback to do kind of that stuff. And I think that if you're going to go toe-for-toe with a Gunner Talkington, you know, who's going to throw the ball 30, 40, 45 times a game, if they can score, and I'm talking about Eastern Washington, Montana State's going to have to be the one to keep up. And I don't necessarily know if they have that in their toolbox. So super interesting matchup for me, and I'm leaning towards Eastern Washington here. I kind of am too. And the reason being that the Bobcats just aren't healthy in the backfield. And they've asked Tommy Malott to do so much in the running game so early in the season. Look, I know the weakness for Eastern Washington is that linebacking core. And you feel like you can probably beat them with Malott running the football better than you can handing it off to your fourth string running back. I just don't know if they're going to want to do that. And like you said, this cannot get into a game that's going to be in the 40s or else Montana State just won't be in it. A game in the 40s, I don't believe they have much of a shot to win here. Number seven, Incarnate Word is at Southeastern Louisiana. Yeah, Lindsey Scott versus Cephas Johnson, matchup between the two quarterbacks that are freakishly athletic. I think we're going to see some fireworks here. Hopefully, C-Law's offense is able to get up for this game and score enough points to keep up with Incarnate Word because we know they don't punt often, and they like to run up that check on offense. So, I like the word here, of course, just interested and fascinated to see if C-Law's offense can kind of keep pace, which I personally don't think they can. Cole Kelly is highly missed at Southeastern Louisiana, that's for sure. Hampton is at number nine, Delaware, CAA conference game. Nolan Henderson, I think the Blue Hens have figured out who they are, and I think they know you can't throw your jersey out there on the field and beat anybody. I expect them to show up, be motivated, and look, Hampton will fight you. But Delaware, if they are who we think they are, they should handle Hampton. Yeah, that's well said by you. I think Delaware knows who they are now. And we're talking about Nolan Henderson, the National Offensive Player of the Week last week, went out and beat up on Rhodey. I think these guys are ready. I don't think Hampton has any weapons or, or anything scary enough to scare this Delaware team. So I like the hands here, of course. Now, the pick segment is coming up a little later in the show. But I'll go ahead and give one for this next game. Mississippi Valley is at number 10, Jackson State. And like Mr. T said, my prediction is pain. Pain all over the bodies of this Mississippi Valley team. I mean, this is a really tough matchup. Skill on way too much skill. I think they run up a check, this Jackson State team. I think we see Shadour Sanders, Dion, Travis Hunter, prolific numbers. Expect to see some of these offensive highlights on your Instagram page, on your Twitter page, because these guys are going to have a field day. Elon is at number 11, William and Mary. Elon has looked pretty good, and I think they're better than people have given them credit for. They're solid in all three phases of the game. William and Mary, this is one of those games like with Delaware. If you are the number 11 team in the country and want to rise from that with a bullet, you have to handle your business at home. Elon will not be an easy team, and they will not lie down for the tribe. This is a good CAA team in Elon. Let's see if William & Mary can be a great one. Yeah, I'm excited to see if William & Mary can bring their launch pail to work. If they step out on the field in this first quarter with that dog look in their eyes and, and fly around the field like we've seen them, especially on the defensive side, they are who we thought they were. But you're right, Elon's not just going to lay down. So interesting to see how this one plays out. But of course, we're leaning the tribes away. The tribe look way too confident. For our Montana listeners, the quarterback for Elon is Matthew McKay, late of the Montana State Bobcats last season. Number 12, Weber State is at UC Davis. Stone, the big sky is interesting. We kind of think we know how good some of the teams are, but we don't really know yet. Weber State, great defense, one really good week. They did what they needed to do against Utah Tech, beat up on a lesser opponent the first week. UC Davis, I think they'll be better 
this week than they have been on offense recently. They played some pretty tough defensive squads. This is an interesting ball game, and whoever wins this one is going to have a leg up too. The Big Sky is interesting. The top five to seven teams, I don't know if there's a whole lot of difference between them. It hasn't always been that way in the Big Sky. So, so interesting. And I don't think we've gotten a proper read on this Weaver State team, right? They play two Division II schools. You go knock off Utah State, an FBS school, former Mountain West champs. And then you got to go over to UC Davies, a team that hasn't played as well as they wanted to, a playoff team last season. I think this is a get-right spot for UC Davis and a letdown spot for Weber State. So I'm very interested to see how this one plays out. Kind of leaning UC Davis, and I know as far as the point spread and the money line, it won't be leaning their way, but I think these guys can hang and keep it close. You talk about how weird the big sky is. UC Davis held stadiums, a tough place to play, as Weber State's going to find out. Monmouth is at number 13, Nova. I think Monmouth was picked 10th in the CAA to start the year. They're better than that. This is a good team. Tony Muskett's a good quarterback. He can really spin it. Nova, not coming off their best performance. This could be a trap here for Villanova. I could not agree more. I'm glad you said that because, God, this Villanova team, and especially their quarterback, their signal caller, Connor Watkins, turns the ball over. So, you know, week one, no interceptions, but they played a Lehigh team. Week two, four interceptions. And last week, two interceptions. And and as far as the fumbling goes, it's been there. They let up big explosive plays on the defensive side. I love that you said it could be a trap spot because I agree. I think this is a trap spot for Villanova. Brace yourselves. The turnovers are going to come. And if they do, they will lose. And Villanova's schedule soft. And I think they would lose to a Richmond team right now. They would lose to a Delaware team. So I think this is a game to look out for if you're a Villanova fan. And like I said, brace yourself. Number 14, Mercer is at Gardner-Webb. Offensive weapons abound in this one. I think the question is, who has the better defense? I think I know the answer to that. I think I do as well. I like the Bears here. We saw what they did to the Citadel. Shut them down last week. 0-0 scoreline at halftime. They're going to be a little angry about that, especially, you know, that offensive side, watching all that film from last week. Not too happy. Looking to put some points on the board. I think they take it out on Gardner-Webb, but hey, no slouch. And for the Citadel, there was one more meltdown over the blocking rules than they scored points last week. So there you go. The meltdown was by me. (laughs) Stony Brook is at number 16, Richmond. Another good CAA game here. Richmond's at home. Robin Stadium is a great place. Great, pretty little stadium. They'll pack it. They'll make it a tough place to play. Stony Brook, man, this has been a team that is overachieved for a while. They're down a little bit the last couple of years. Let's see what they bring to the table this week. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited to see what they bring to the table, but I love this Richmond team. I think this is a team we're going to see get better and better as the season goes on with all the new faces they brought in. Yet to see Jake Harris find the end zone, called for it last week. Didn't get it. Just going to keep calling it until he finds the end zone. I think Jake Harris finds the end zone against Stony Brook. I like for this Richmond offense to get going. Looks like they're finding rhythm, getting in a groove. So love the spider squad. Love their pretty little stadium as well. Glad you pointed that out. And look, they're both VMI guys, Rodensky and Harris. Leave it to them to find a big old gold ring, brother. Western (laughs) Carolina is at number 17, Samford. And it's weird to say this, but if you're Western Carolina, this is a measuring stick game for you. Samford did what they did against Kennesaw. Seems like a long time ago now, right? But it hasn't been. They're good on the defensive line and at the linebacker core. What wasn't tested by Kennesaw State was the secondary. That may be a weakness. Western Carolina... They're going to come, throw the ball all over the yard. I think Sanford has a little bit better of a defense. But Western Carolina needs to clean it up. Ten penalties last week. Can't do that and expect to be a national contender if they can clean up the penalties. Not give Sanford extra opportunities. This will be like the most anti-SOCON game you've ever seen, Stone. Normally in that league, it's run the ball, play defense, solid special teams. And this one, I think we're going to see a lot of over-the-top, six points, strike up the band. And if Sanford can play that same bit of defense they played against Kennesaw, I believe they'll come out ahead. going to be a very interesting ball game, though, in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, I think one thing that Sanford has going for them is the fact that they kind of got into a shootout game with Tennessee Tech last week. I thought, you know, 33-28 victory. You face some adversity in that game. Each team turned the ball over. It was a, a, a good measuring stick or a good gauge to kind of what you're going to see in this game against Western Carolina, right? Because they're both going to sling it around the yard. So I think with how that game played out last week, it's going to pay a lot of dividends into this week. I like Sanford here. 
you know, just cracked the top 25, been there for a short time, looking to go down the list. It's a good opportunity, especially playing at home. We'll be right back. And in the next segment, Stone will sit down with Southern Illinois QB, Nick Baker. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Ah, the dog days of summer are here. But the howling winds of winter will be blowing in soon. So act fast. Renewal by Anderson's Dog Days of Summer Sale is on, and it's simply incredible. You can get the best replacement windows anywhere now with no payments for two whole years. You heard me, two years. Renewal by Anderson's awesome Vibrex windows are the best in the industry. Increase the value of your home. Save money on your energy bills every single day. Make life at home for your family so much more quiet and secure. Grab the Dog Days of Summer Sale deal from Renewal by Anderson. Listen to this, 20% off every window and door. No money down, no interest. No payments for two whole years. This is the only time of the year when Renewal by Anderson offers 24 months, same as cash, two years. It's awesome. Stay out of the doghouse. Visit rbamontana.com now. Call today to schedule your free in-home consultation. Don't wait. This deal ends August 31st. Two years, no payments. That's nothing to growl about. rbamontana.com. RW Stump Grinding, Central Virginia's premier stump removal company, strives to be professional, courteous, and fair. Founded in 2017 by Reggie West, RW Stump Grinding provides quality stump removals to protect your largest investments, your home and property. Attempting to remove stumps yourself can be dangerous and time-consuming. Trust the pros at RW Stump Grinding to get the job done right the first time. Call RW Stump Grinding at 804 804- 366-4321 or look them up on the web at rwstump.com and remember if a stump has you stress call Reggie West are you played by foreclosure well here at Jim Lott and Matey we can stop your foreclosure now we're a mortgage rescue company and for the small fee of everything you hold dear we will negotiate with your lender on your behalf call Jim Lott and Matey at 1-800-YAR-YAR that's 1-800-YAR YARR. If you're facing foreclosure, talk to the right people. Speak with HUD-approved housing counselors free of charge at 888-995-HOPE. Brought to you by NeighborWorks America and the Ad Council. Clarksville Academy, a once-in-a-lifetime experience every day. Located in downtown Clarksville, Tennessee, CA is a pre-K through 12th grade independent school providing a college preparatory education which develops academic, artistic, athletic, and leadership skills. With a unique college campus-like environment, Clarksville Academy allows opportunities for young and older students to work together in shared learning experiences. To learn more about the CA difference, schedule your personalized tour at clarksvilleacademy.com today. For more than 30 years, the NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision has helped athletes achieve their dreams. The dream of playing football and hearing the home crowd cheer time after time. The dream of competing for a national championship. The dream of an excellent education. The dream of becoming a leader. And the dream of playing the right way with sportsmanship. NCAA Division I football. It's not a dream. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. It's your host, Stone Labanowitz. With me every week, I find a quarterback. I go across the country, state to state, and I find the best one of the week. And I got us a whale. Nick Baker, quarterback of the SIU Salukis. Big win over Northwestern. Nick, how you doing today? Good. That was a good intro, man. I appreciate that. It was a good intro. See, you know, usually I'm talking to guys I don't know, but for, for the audience and all the listeners out there, I lived with this guy, okay? I know how dirty his room is, and I know how he likes his coffee. So I'm really excited for this interview. Really excited. I had a chance to grab Nick after a giant win over Northwestern. 23 of 34, 250 yards, three tugs. Just an awesome game for Northwestern. But Nick, I got to ask, initial thoughts after taking that final knee and watching the clock strike zeros? I mean, I would lie uh, if I said it didn't feel a little different than just a normal win. I mean, going into a Big Ten team, I mean, and winning, I mean, that's what you dream of when you go to FCS school and you're a little under-recruited. You just want to go and prove it on a big stage and Obviously, we started 0-2, so just, just to get a win, honestly, just to get that thing rolling, it felt really good. I got to ask about the mindset that week in practice. Now, I'm not talking about the crap, the nonsense that goes in one ear and out the other, like, you know, pay attention yeah. to the details and be detail-oriented. I'm talking about at 11 p.m. on a Wednesday night when you're in bed and can't sleep, you know, what's going through your head when you're playing, like you mentioned, a Big Ten, a Northwestern team? Yeah, honestly, I'm just thinking we got to win. I mean, we're 0-2. I mean, we even probably have an excuse. We probably could have started 0-3 and it wouldn't have been a big deal because, I mean, we're, mm. we're probably not supposed to win against. 
Northwestern, but man, we just had to get something going. I mean, you've been in a locker room, man. You you know, high expectations before the year. You go 0-2. I mean, it could go sideways real quick. And I was like, man, we just need to get a win, turn this thing around. And I was like, I got to play well. I know I got to play well. And I'm just thinking of how to play well, you know, to make big plays. And we just got to get something rolling, man. Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, it really is all on you. And the fact that, you know, you're conscious of that going into a game is obviously why you guys are able to get stuff like that done and do it quite frequently, right? Big wins all over the place. What would you say is the most important facet of the game when beating an FBS school, you know, or in any game when you're 15 point underdogs? I have my answer, but I want to hear yours first. I mean, my answer, I mean, it's going to be a little cliche, but uh, I mean, you just can't let the moment be too big, honestly. I mean, once, I mean, it's football. I mean, they got good players and stuff, but I mean, you just can't let it be too big. You got to play football. And uh, obviously when they give you something to uh, make a play on, you got to make a play because like, they're really good players and if they give you some sort of opening you got to take advantage of it and uh i mean you just can't uh they're all, you can't let their offense go crazy on you and uh our defense really showed up and really hit them in the mouth i would say yeah two huge turnovers late two forced fumbles that i'm sure as an offensive player you were begging for but at the same time not really expecting they kind of snuck up on you guys which was cool to see and gave you guys a lot of energy on offense but my answer explosive plays that's runs over yeah. 12 yards catches over 15 yards i know that's something that coach nick hill preaches time and time again each and every day each and every week let me just go down the list here because boy were there a lot Tyce Daniel 57 yarder we all know what that looked like Javon Williams 22 yard reception had four catches on the day which is always important to get number 15 going one of your guys best players Jacob Garrett 18 yard reception and probably the biggest moment of the game in my opinion probably yours and then rushing you know Javon had 18 yarder he had two of them and then you got a 20 yarder from you which you know what I was watching the entire game and I'm like you know what I didn't see that 20 yarder like I, I I don't I don't know where where it came from, but really, it was a big moment, bro. So, so, moment. so, so, then take me through that play because I was going through some stats this week, you know, last night and earlier this morning, just checking up on all my stuff, and I'm like. Does this say long of 20 for Nick? Because I was watching the whole time. Uh-huh. So take me through that play and what moment of the game it was. I mean, I can't believe you missed this one. This is probably the biggest <laughs> game, probably play of the game. To be honest. Oh, this is awful then. We're running zone, zone read. So we just do Tiger. You know the little Tiger. I read the little end. inside zone. Yeah, uh, JG's out there blocking for me. He just crashes. He's not even looking at me. He's not even looking at me. He crashes. I get out there. JG blocks his guy, and I just go for 20 on fourth and one. And oh. man, it's, it's, I can't believe you missed that, dude. Come on. I mean, that Come is on. completely on me. You know, I, I was somewhat busy, but I was watching the game, your guys' game. I had my headphones in. I was on the job at Hard Rock Stadium. Can't believe I yeah. missed it, but I, I can imagine a play inside zone. Your guys' main blocking tight end comes from the other side, leads you. Another former roommate of yours, so awesome to see the quarterback tight end relationship there. But yeah, you had a 20-yarder. Avante Cox even had a 15-yarder as far as rushing on it, some sort of jet sweep play. So I think explosive plays are really what you know allowed you guys to win this game. And like you said, you, you hit the nail on the head. You said... When they give you a window of opportunity, you have to pounce on that. And I felt like that's what you guys did so well. And that's what Coach Hill was dialing up. So, like, leading off of that, talk about Nick Hill as a play caller. Because, like I just mentioned, whenever you guys needed something big, whenever that score was tied, you know, I would then get the notification. Or when I was watching you guys would score a touchdown, like, it just happened so fast. So, talk about Nick Hill as a play caller. What would you say his strength is? I mean, he's a magician, man. He's always, you know, you know him. You've been a quarterback for him. He cooks up stuff every week and every Tuesday. It almost feels like a new install. Just because of all the plays, he, he he's right writing up in his, in his office and stuff like that. But especially in the Northwestern game, he was dialing stuff up really well. One of his, like, he was dialing stuff up and we had stuff open all day and we just really liked the game plan. But uh, he's always got stuff going in and he's a magician. He can he can work the run. He loves to run the ball and he, he has a bunch of passes that uh, come open all the time. So he uh, he adjusts to what uh, the defense gives him and he, he'll run the ball, he'll pass the ball, he'll throw Javon back there and catch it. And just, uh, he's diverse, diverse and he can do a lot of different things. Definitely can do a lot of different things. I think that's a big strength. You're right. I think... Yeah. You know, early in the week, he just sits there in his notepad, drawing up gadget plays, and then offers them to the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, Coach Blake Rowland, and all the quarterbacks to see if you guys like it. I think that's a strength of his, most definitely. Nick, how big was this game heading into conference play, right? You open it up next week, North Dakota, big game. I'm actually going to be on the call, up in the booth, checking you guys out to be doing color next to uh, Brian Sean. But how big is a win like this heading into conference play? What does it do to your guys' mental? I mean, I think it flips the season, honestly. Going 1-2 and two versus 0-3, it's, it's, a huge, it's a huge different mindset mindset thing, especially beating a big team, but being one and two versus zero and three, it's huge. I mean, that's just giant in itself. But, and then going into conference, but we got everything we want right in front of us. I mean, our goals were to compete for a conference championship, to get in the playoffs, and that's all in front of us, and that's all we're focused on. But just to get a little momentum going into this week, it's huge, and instills a lot of confidence in our guys, our defense, our offense. It's just huge. 
Nick, don't hold anything back, right? I know, you know, when a coach lets their quarterback, one of the best players on their team, do an interview, right, talk to the media, kind of don't want to give any bulletin board material or you don't want to say anything out of line, but I want you to be honest with me because I know you as a person and I know how much talent is in that locker room and what your guys' goal is. But you guys cracked back inside the top 25, right? You went 0-2, you slipped out of there late. I think that loss to SEMO really hurt you guys. You guys were outside the top 25. Well... You travel to Northwestern, you take down a Big Ten team, handily take down a Big Ten team, and you crack the top 25 again. You're sitting at 24. But if you were to put yourself on the list, you know, if you were to make the list this week, where should the dogs actually be? Yeah, I mean, I think we should be top 10. I, I, I still don't think we played our put our best product on the field, no doubt. I mean, obviously, week one and week two, I don't know if you watch those games, but you know that's not us. And, uh, even we, we, we missed some opportunities even in this Northwestern game, I think. We, we left some points on the board that were my fault, and then just, you know, the offense. And, but obviously, we should be top 10 and we're going to try to keep proving that every week and uh we'll start with this week i don't want to you know, you know me i don't want to say anything too crazy but uh yeah we should be top 10 out no i mean I, I mean i don't hate the answer i think you guys should be top 10 as well i think the talent pool's there a lot of new faces just need to get some chemistry down and you guys will get rolling like you said the best ball is ahead of you guys so i love that answer yeah. respect it appreciate top 10 you heard that quarterback calling for the top 10 i'll get at my man kevin marshall the guy who made our list you guys are in the back of the bus and that's not right nick appreciate your time so much looking forward to seeing you this Saturday and calling that UND game. It's a big one. Hopefully you guys go kick it off 1-0 in the conference. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. It's now time for Stone Lebanowitz and I to smack face mask and pick some of the biggest games taking place around FCS Nation this week. Up first, number one, North Dakota State is at South Dakota. Give me Bison, 30 to 10. I'd kind of hate to be the Yotes here. Bison exercise some demons here, 35 to 13. Portland State is at number two, Montana. Portland State hasn't played a game in two weeks. This is the wrong team. You don't want to see this Montana team right now. I got them 42-14. to 14. Well, the Grizz are 1-0 with me in attendance. I mean, it's not me, but it could be, or at least I'd like to think so. But there's too much defense here for the Vikings. The Grizz win in Missoula, 38-20. Number four, South Dakota State is at number three, Missouri State. I like Missouri State here, not going to lie. 35-33, it gets close Glad to see South Dakota State get some offense going last week. Think they bring it here. But Jason Shelley, these boys are riding a high right now coming out of that Arkansas game. I like the Bears. FCS game of the week here, Stone. Two very different teams. Bears get it done on offense, and they try and bend but don't break on defense. Jackrabbits are stout as all Hades on defense but have struggled on offense. Something has to give, and I believe it'll be the Jackrabbits. Bears at home, 31-24. Number five, Sacramento State is at Colorado State of the FBS. Sacramento State, the Hornets, they're favored by two and a half over Colorado State, an FBS team. Gotta love it. Gotta trust Vegas here. I think they pull it off. I think they cover. Give me Sacramento State, 28-25. I'm picking the upset here, too, even though, look, I don't care what Vegas says. When a 63 scholarship team beats an 85 scholarship team, that's an upset. You're damn right. The Hornets can get it done with that dual quarterback system. And Colorado State's just not good. Hornets get the scalp, 38-30. Number six, Montana State is at number 15, Eastern Washington. This one will be a good one. This one will be a good one. And I'm interested to see if Malott can match Gunner, quarterback for the Eastern Washington. I think they're ready for these guys, right? Eastern Washington hasn't played in two weeks. They've had plenty of time to prepare. I like them 33-28. I agree. Bobcats coming a little beat up and fresh off of taking a whooping from Oregon State. The Eagles' defense must get off that field on third down just a few times in order to win. I believe they will. Take Eastern Washington at the Inferno, 38-35. to Hampton is at number nine, Delaware. Bully ball, foot on pedal offense. We saw the aggressive attack from Nolan Henderson in the hands. I like them 35-14. Too much Nolan Henderson and the Blue Hens passing game here. I expect the Hens to roll at the tub, 38-13 over Hampton. Number 17, Incarnate Word, is at Southeastern, Louisiana. 
Lindsey Scott's going to have to play the whole game here. I think they put up 42 on C-Law. C-Law, 28. Even after last week's 70-point explosion by Southeastern Louisiana, I don't believe they're good enough on that side of the ball to keep up with the word. The word again this week is victory. Cardinals, 42-24. Mississippi Valley State is at number 10, Jackson State. This is the wrong team. This is the wrong team to play Deion Sanders and his squad. I like them coming out on top 60 to 10. Way too much on both sides of the ball here for the Delta Devils to have any shot. Tigers went at home 42-13. Elon is at number 11, William & Mary. The Tribe are hot right now. I like them on top, 27-14. Elon is a much better team than many thought they were going to be in preseason. Solid in all three phases. Elon, well, they're a good team. I think William & Mary is a great one. Take the Tribe at home, 27-21. Number 12, Weber State is at UC Davis. Interesting matchup for me. I'm not as confident going Weber State, right? Beat two Division II teams and just knocked off a huge FBS win. But just interesting matchup because UC Davis, a playoff team last year. But I like UC Davis on the upset here, 38-24. I know the scoreline's a little weird. I just think something's going to happen here. Not me, sir. Weber State seems to have found another gear on offense with Bronson Barron at quarterback. And with that defense, the Wildcats, they're going to be tough to beat. Take Weber State on the road over UC Davis, 28-17. Monmouth is at number 13, Villanova. Don't like what I'm seeing from Villanova, but I think they can still get past Monmouth, 24-21. I've thought that Monmouth was going to beat somebody they probably shouldn't in the CAA and maybe throw that whole conference into just a shambles. That could be this week. But I don't think so. Nova wins at home, 34-28. Close one there. Number 14, Mercer is at Gardner-Webb. Mercer team is full of killers, man. They're going to beat Gardner-Webb, 28-14. Mercer has a lot of weapons on offense, but so does Gardner-Webb. And normally when you see these kind of weapons on offense for both teams, it has shootout written all over it. But Mercer's defense is legit stone, and that'll make all the difference. Take Mercer on the road over Gardner-Webb, 38-17. Stony Brook is at number 16, Richmond. The Spider Squad is finally getting going, Kev. I like them coming out on top here, 30-17. to 17. Richmond's offense really got on track last week, but Stony Brook is a much tougher opponent than Lehigh. The Spiders have too much firepower, though, and I think they'll win at home 28-10. to 10. This is a telling game for Richmond, though. Need to handle who you ought to handle, and I believe the Spiders get it done. 28-10 at home over Stony Brook. Western Carolina is at number 19, Samford. Love Sanford in this spot. I think Western Carolina is a team that can beat up on the right way, but I don't think the scoreline really is going to be indicative of that. I got Sanford 27-21. Sanford is better on defense, and that's hard for me as a Southern Conference person to say, right? But Catamount fans have been in my mentions for two weeks screaming they should be in the top 25. Well, here is their team's chance to prove it. I'm not yet a believer, Stone. I believe Sanford wins it in Birmingham 38-34. to that brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Stone, thanks for being here. Anything else you want to add, brother? Hey, I'll be on the call in North Dakota is visiting Southern Illinois. ESPN Plus, check me out doing color with my man Brian Sean. Excited. Tune in. Going to be a good one. I certainly will. You're doing a great job there. Brian Sean, a fine writer and a really good commentator. Make sure you tune in to see our co-host become a TV star. FCS Nation is produced by Mr. Justin Swallows, co-hosted by Stone Labanowitz. The marketing director for FCS Nation is Ms. Stacy Marshall. On behalf of all those good people, I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall, thanking you for making FCS Nation small part of your football week. Like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody. <laughs>